In the name of the loving, life-giving, and liberating God who is Blessed Trinity. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this past Friday, uh, my family was here and we made our traditional Swedish Christmas cookie. It's called Klinector. They are fried and spiced with cardamom, more savory than sweet, and they're rolled out really thin and cut into diamonds, twisted into this bow tie shape. And when my family gets together to make them, we go all out. We made 98 dozen cookies on Friday, which took us a little over nine hours to make. And those cookies will go to 11 different households in our family. So the whole enterprise is time-consuming and quite tiring. It is an enormous amount of work, but the time spent with family and the end result are worth it. This Sunday is the second Sunday of Advent, and we still have our eye on the second coming of Christ but we also hear the beginning of Mark. And Mark opens his gospel by telling us it is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And those titles are very familiar to us now. We're used to associating them with Jesus. So we often don't hear the political statement that Mark is making by using these words. The announcement of good news was often attached to proclamations made by Caesar. So when Caesar did something new, he would send out a bulletin. Good news! Here's what's happening. The title, Son of God, uh, was also reserved for Caesar's use. And so Mark opens his gospel by proclaiming the new ruler. That meant that any who heard his gospel wouldn't be surprised a few verses later when John announced that someone more powerful than I is coming. That person is Jesus, and Mark will spend the remainder of his gospel describing a ruler who looks nothing like our traditional models. And really, this shouldn't surprise us not just because we know all the stories about Jesus, but because also it's talked about in the Old Testament. The end of our reading from Isaiah describes God as a mighty warrior with a strong arm who gently guides the lambs and leads the mother sheep. God has never fit into our definition of power, and yet we sometimes will continue to look for God there or claim that God approves of a violent use of power. We are part of a nation that prides itself on its strong arm, but God's kingdom, ushered in by the second coming we anticipate in Advent, isn't characterized by the strength of God's arm, but by the depths of God's compassion. We hear from 2 Peter that we continue to wait upon the Lord because God is waiting on us with great patience. God is not slow in God's promises, as some think of slowness, 
but is waiting for each of us to come. Just as John the Baptist shouts in the wilderness, repent, change your ways, follow God, we actually hear that same call in Isaiah, although you probably don't realize it. Isaiah starts with comfort, comfort ye my people. That word in Hebrew actually can also mean repent. It's used in times when repentance is called for. It means to turn our eyes to the great thing that God is doing. So both of our prophets today are calling us to turn and follow. And Second Peter can cements it. The author asks, what sort of persons ought we be in leading lives of holiness and goodness, waiting for and hastening the coming kingdom of God? So what ought we be doing as we wait for this kingdom to come? It isn't an idle waiting that we're called to in Advent. For my family, uh, our collector making day is full of anticipation, full of waiting also, through nine whole hours. When we're finished, we have many tins full of cookies, but our waiting for that end result is not just sitting around, it is full of work. Good work, work shared with family and friends, work that's punctuated by stopping and taking a moment to enjoy a freshly made clinector from the fryer. But it is work all the same. And so Advent also reminds us that our waiting is full of work. And it reminds us of who this God is that we are following in this work. A God whose strong arm could sweep us away in an instant. But instead, this God bends down, gathers us, calls out to each of the sheep, and guides us. This all-powerful God leads us to beat our swords into plowshares, to heal rather than to destroy, to speak peace, which is shalom, wholeness, rather than warfare. It can be easy to be overwhelmed and dismayed by the amount of hurt and suffering and violence that is still present in our world, to be still waiting 2,000 years after Jesus walked this earth. But the promises made to our ancestors are the same promises made to us, and we can taste some of the first fruits of that kingdom already, just like us taking a clinector out of the fryer. We're standing in the midst of our work, work that God has begun in the world, a work of leveling and smoothing, a pathway to shalom, to completeness. Into our lives, God calls comfort, repent, turn around, we have both hope and promise. We have companions for the task. The work is long and may sometimes feel endless, but many hands working together get the work done quickly. And the pathway we are on, the one stretching into the wilderness, is the one that leads to God. Advent is a time to remember 
the joy that we have in both the work and the waiting. Amen.